¡Viva la raza! Well, hello and welcome back to the Caledonian Kings Wrestling Podcast. We are back with our second edition of This Is Your Wrestling Life. And it's Eddie Guerrero. Stuart is with me on this one. How are you doing, mate? Oh, always very well. Love my man, Eddie. Can't yeah, this is a, so this was a fan-voted one. Uh, the first time I've actually done that. Um, it was a landslide for Eddie. <laughs> um, and, and understandably so, and I was delighted when that name came up. And, uh, you know, we look forward to getting dove into it as soon as we can. Um... So, Viva La Raza, um, the word for word means live the race, um, which was really Edgar's catchphrase throughout the later part of his career. Uh, I couldn't have defined him any better in his career, any better, you know, a sensational journey um, that we're about to delve into. So we'll talk a wee bit about the, the Guerrero wrestling family for one. Um, they're one of the most respected families in wrestling. Uh, the father, Gory Guerrero, the, the patriarch, if you like, he debuted in 1937 at the age of 16. Um Primarily wrestled for EMLL, which is now CMLL, um, regionally for NWE. Obviously, this is the old territory style as well at this point in time. Um, he's credited for a lot of things, inventing the Gory Bomb, of course, and the Camel Clutch, um, which every foreign WWF uses um, still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gory and his wife, Halinda, they had six children, two girls, Marie and Linda, and four sons who would all become wrestlers. Could you name them, sure? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> me neither. I could have got three, but no four. Um, so, Chavo Guerrero Sr., uh, being the oldest, um, he was born in 1949, debuting in the 70s. He wrestled many territories across all Japan, Mid-South, Houston Wrestling, AWA, CMLL. Um, that would be Chavo Classic. So that was Chavo Classic, so obviously Chavo's son, um, Chavo Jr., who a lot of people know as Chavo Guerrero, um, who sort of wrestled alongside Eddie through a lot, a lot of his career and stuff like that. Um, so two very, very successful names there um, with the Chavo Guerrero name. Um, Mando Guerrero, who is the forgotten Guerrero, I think. Um, so he was born in 1950, uh, just a year after. So um, old Gory was at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he pursued wrestling, similar path to Chavo Senior, actually. Um, he also worked as a movie stuntman, sort of from the mid-80s through the 2000s, which I thought was quite cool. Oh, nice. um, and he actually named his son Eduardo after Eddie, which I thought was a nice touch as well. Um, Would they have done any films that I've seen? Um, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Unlikely. Um, Hector Guerrero, he's the other brother that I do know. Um, so he was born in 54, debuted in about 73. He is the double of Eddie. Yeah, um, he's, the, he's the twin. If you didn't know any about him, <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, seeing him pop up in TNA in like 2007, 2008. Yeah, well, fucking hell, that's, that's Eddie. That's right. Yeah, because he, he was a Spanish commentator there and he was an on screen personality, I think, with LAX as well. Um, mm. He's also worked for Smoky Mountain and, of course, most famously as the Gobble de Gooker in 1998. <laughs> um, and he also re- re- relived that character at Mania 17 in the gimmick Battle Royale. So at least he got a Mania under his belt. <laughs> um, that was the that was the main for the three Guerreros were at it, wasn't it? Eddie was Eddie was wrestling, Chavo was in the crowd with w, the WCW boys. And oh, then that's right, fucking, yeah. uh, old Hector in the in the suit. That's right. a good match for you. <laughs> the variant levels of success there. <laughs> the listeners can use that in their next Zoom quiz. <laughs> um, so of course we'll, we'll get into Eddie Guerrero. Um you know, all, all four brothers of the Guerrero family, and obviously Gory, Gory being really the creator of a lot of wrestling moves, um, out with the two that I mentioned, um, they're all fantastic workers, and that's something that's always been held in high regard of, of the Guerreros um, and the family legacy sort of thing. Um, so Eddie was much younger than his brothers. He was born 13 years after Hector, so obviously Hector being the youngest up until him. Um, so there's quite a big gap there. Um, so it, it's, it's difficult to think, like, you know, 
how his brothers had already already really went through a lot of their career before he even got going. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is definitely, you know, he certainly looked up to them. I mean, he was he, born and raised in El Paso, Texas. Um, he, he sort of graduated high school there, went on to do athletics um, at college and university. Um, we did obviously collegiate wrestling, which is where he gets a really good base for his for his skill moves and stuff like that when he, when he moved up to actual professional wrestling, which he eventually does in 1990. Um following his family's footsteps and moving to Mexico to train. So um, really, I, I sort of, it looked like he was going down the, the collegiate route, but he very much just follows the rest of his family there. Um, he married uh, Vicky Guerrero, of course. We'll dive into a little bit of his family life here as well. Um, he had two daughters, um, Shaw Guerrero, who did dabble in wrestling a wee bit. I've seen her on Lucha Underground at one point. Um, and she's also married to Aidan English, obviously formerly an uh, superstar and commentator. Um, and they have another daughter, I believe it's... Um, Cheryl and Amber, and Eddie also had a daughter with another woman, but him and Vicky were separated for two years, which I found very, very interesting, and never heard about until I looked up, <laughs> and I was like, oh! <laughs> well, I believe that plays into the cafe <laughs> of match number six that we're going to come Yes, up. well, that's what I was thinking, I thought, that may actually, that may be linking well, they could have, <laughs> could have walked around that, you know? Um, <clears throat> but out of, um, obviously, Eddie's offspring, uh, it was actually his wife that was very, very successful in the wrestling industry after he passed on, which is just yeah, mind-blowing, really, especially uh, her appearance in match number six. <laughs> um, oh, infamous. <laughs> you, would never, you would never think so. Uh, that's just a wee teaser there. Hang around. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, it's well documented that Eddie and Chavo Jr. Um, sort of grew up together and, and wrestled together, um, trained together, uh, because they were a similar age, despite Eddie being the uncle um, of Chavo. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just, like, can I just say, like, they're, they're, they're the brothers. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's the easiest way of looking at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they joined at the hip. Um, yeah. So, uh, Gory Guerrero used to run a lot of shows for, like, CML, CMLL and stuff like that, and, like, some M- NWA regions, etc. Um, and on the intermission, Chavo and Eddie would be allowed to wrestle sometimes. <clears throat> so that was how they sort of Sort of cut their teeth a wee bit um, on, on, on getting in, sort of in the ring in front of crowds and stuff like that. Um, Eddie, of course, would be a Mascara Magica in CMLL, um, and he was there until 1992 before he left for AAA, which is the rival Mexican company, I believe. There was, is very much warfare over there, is it not? It certainly uh, was yeah, once upon a yeah. time. Yeah, definitely. The two, um, the two big ones. Yeah, um, he wasn't allowed to, to use that, that gimmick over there. That was CMLL owned, um, how to win a wee of you. Um, so... <laughs> Get a copyright, so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Gore once teamed with a famous Al- El Santo, who I believe is like, you know, the wrestler who's nobody's ever seen his face and got buried in his mask and stuff like that. Like, super yeah, kayfabe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But his wife's never seen him without the mask, you know. <laughs> uh, um, you married the mask, sweetheart. Um, so... When Eddie moved over to Triple A, it was only natural that he was paired up with the son of El Santo, um, which is El Hijo, El Hijo del Santo. Trying my, my Spanish, uh, <laughs> which I, I believe just means the son of El Santo. Um, I think El Santo had like thirteen sons or something when I was looking this guy up as well, which was like, oh well, <laughs> uh, there could be many of those El Hijo del Santos. Um, so basically, they were originally called La, per- La Pareja Atomica, which is Atomic Pair. Um, so that this was sort of a newer version of that team. Um, Eddie would eventually turn heel, uh, team with Art Barr, who I'm sure you've heard of, um, and there were lots of interest in that pair. Um, so 1994, ECW approached them both, um, and they were both scheduled to go over there. I think it was like November, December time, but Art Barr sadly passed away. Um, there was said interest in, from WCW and WWF and stuff like that as well. Do you know anything about Art Barr? And are you surprised that you know the big companies were really looking at Eddie very, very early on? 
known what he became, absolutely no no surprise there. Um, I've, I've no idea who the, the other guy is, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, it's a name I've heard, Art Bar, but I don't... I've, I've, I've heard him, but I've, I've no idea. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like... Because, you know, we, we haven't covered ECW matches ever on the, on the show, really, and, and we're not doing one in this episode. Um, but do you recall, at the time, anyway, watching anything about Eddie or sort of hearing about his name um, before he went to WCW? Um, or was this so maybe this, too soon for you? This is, like, proper, like, probably just before my time. I don't... At ECW wasn't on British television in 95. Mm. Um, I believe we got a brief stint between 98 and 99 on... <laughs> this is well before his time. Uh, it was on Bravo TV, which uh, became Challenge TV mm. on Sky. Like, that's how that's how long ago that was. <laughs> um, and it was, like, like 11 o'clock at night because it was so censored. Even at 11, yeah. even past the watch, it was so censored. Um, no, but by the time ECW became available... Um, over here, Eddie was long gone. He was well in his WCW. In fact, he was probably nearly, he was closer to WWF than he was to ECW at the time. Yeah. I, nah, I, I have no recollection of Eddie and ECW, apart from obviously looking back. Yeah, I think it was quite a short a short run he had there as well. Um, but just started when I was doing my research, so there seemed to be a bit of buzz about him um, coming mm. in. And obviously the Guerrero name did carry a bit of weight back then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially with the guys that he kind of was in ECW, but obviously kind of uh, Dino and, you know, guys like that. Benoit and stuff like uh, that. Ray, yeah, definitely. Um, he'd also worked for uh, New Japan uh, as a second incarnation of the Black Tiger. I think there's been about 13 of them as well. So now, he, he spent longer in New Japan than he spent in ECW. He was in New Japan for like maybe three or four years. Yeah, because when, when he went to WCW as well, they, they did not have a partnership there. Because yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. he, he won the he won the best of the Super Juniors in '96 while he was with WCW. Um, yeah. So there was a sort of partnership there. So he did. He worked there for quite a few years actually. I think um, that was uh, Heenan's storyline, kayfabe that he was bringing in the, the New Japan guys with Sonny Ono. Ah, right, yeah. I think yeah, I've listened to some of Bischoff's podcasts and he did a bit of a hard on for the Japanese wrestling as well. So it was no. kind of like... No. <laughs> Stealing ideas from Japan, Eric. No. I don't believe it. There'll pen and paper every fucking week. Um... So he would move off to, over to WCW in 1995. He would also he would actually appear there on numerous occasions, right from about 89, I think it was. Yeah, um, his first was in 89, then he did another, another wee kind of stint in 91, but, I mean, I imagine proper kind of enhancement talent. Yeah, dark matches. Yeah, I, match. I think the match with Terry Funk at one point. Um, not sure if it was televised or anything like that. There's, there's very little known about, about him back then. Mm-hmm. Um but him, Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit were brought in properly in 1995, signed so the proper contracts, etc. Um, he did feature in the 60-man World War Three Battle Royale, um, but we are not covering that because fuck that. <laughs> yeah, that's, so it was that's very very odd, man. Like your first your first televised appearance is on pay per view. Like yeah. that's 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 quite crazy. But obviously, if you remember the the matchup, like they needed numbers. Yeah, you're literally there. Yeah. Fill, fill in the blanks. I, I, would, I would like to watch that for the and just write down everybody who's in it to see you know or just have a look at the 60 men and think Christ almighty how many names don't you know you know like yeah. <laughs> um, yep. brimming out the roster with that one um, in that battle royal it, there was only two men under the age of 35 so one was Guerrero who do you think the other one was Regal no uh, Alex Wright it was a giant apparently nobody else was under 35 in that battle royal apparently that's a famous start or something that I found when I was going across my research and I'm I thought, more than certain Alex Wright was in that battle royal Ah, oh, you may be right. Um, I'm going to have to fact check you. There. <laughs> but, but you do that. Cause he, yeah, because he was only like 18 when he came into um, oh. WCW as Daz Wonderkid. Uh, <laughs> Daz Wonderkid. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, so yeah, that's absolutely ball. <laughs> 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 that's <bullshit. laughs> so I'll, get, I'll get my reference and drop it into the show. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> uh, so the first match we are going to review is Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Um, Nitro, October 2nd, 1995. His first proper televised match. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie enters in a gorgeous, a glittery red and white jacket and gear. Um, very, very bright. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's spectacular. Love the Dan Severn Tash as well. That was nice. <laughs> uh, so we, we have actually done a Guerrero and Malenko uh, match on the podcast before. We have, um, we have. And on paper, it should always be an absolute fucking peach. You know, two guys that have kind of, even at this stage, they've wrestled all over the world together. Um, yeah. I was looking forward to a nice, nice view up of this. Uh, as you say, this is Eddie's first match on Nitro, but he has been on like uh, main event and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so after beating Thunder Liger uh, on the previous main event, he's earned this match on Nitro, which nice. I, I like that kind of storyline. You know, what I mean, you prove yourself on the, the undercard show, and you, you move up to the to the TV to get yourself a payday. Yeah, quite right. Um, I, I don't know if you perform well enough. You should actually absolutely be in that spot as well. So why not? Um, makes perfect sense. So as, as expected, fast paced, technical bout. Um, Mm-hmm. As very expected, just style at the start. Very yeah, their chemistry show is showed straight off the bat. Um, commentators put it over really well. It was a sort of high paced bout rather than what you normally get on Nitro <laughs> as well with some of the other guys, which is yeah. fair enough. I um, mean, they, they put it over for about ninety seconds and then it just fucking where's Hogan? Where's Hogan? Honestly, <laughs> they cut a bastard promo halfway during the match, and it's not even like so. It starts split screen, and then they just take over the full screen. Uh, yeah, I was just getting into it, and then I start, they start talking about Hogan. I says, here, here comes a split screen, and here it went, and then they just cut away entirely. And I was like, you bastards! Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've had a podcast here. I mean, back then they should have been thinking about people, you know, twenty odd years later exactly. watching my stuff for, for their I mean, shows. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's just selfish and rude, though, isn't it? Ah, is it? It took me a really long time to figure out who was in commentary. It's that fucking arsehole, Steve McMichael. Oh, he's a moron. Oh, is it? Bischoff was there, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Bischoff and McMichael. Fucking mm-hmm. dreadful commentary team. Absolutely awful. Brutal. Um, so, we finally get back into the match after Hogan fucking with a neck brace on <laughs> and Jimmy, Jimmy Hart squelching. Um <clears throat> Still back and forth, very, very technical, as we said. Big dive from the top to the outside from Eddie, which was nice, because mm, the sort of yeah. ramp was in the corner, so yep. they used that to get more sort of distance on the jump, etc. Yep. Very, very nice. Um, there's a... Sorry, what were you saying? No, on you go, on you go. I was just thinking, like, you know, that the Hogan and Giant was the, the food thing they were sort of building here with the, the cutaway and stuff like that. So to think how different this was from what they were actually having in the main event and stuff like that, you know... It, the work rate in the workers is why WCW's Cruiserweight division was so successful because it was so entertaining to watch, especially on TV when you remember getting five or six minutes of just constant action. You know, it, it really does stand out from the rest of the show, I think. I think regardless of what it is, see if it's something new to what you're used to seeing, then it's going to at least spark a wee bit of interest. You know what I mean? Obviously, fucking Hogan, man, like, he's done He's done here. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I mean we're in 95 here. I mean, 10 years after his heyday. You know? Yeah, exactly. And he's still the world champion at this stage. So it's like, anyway, that would go on for a few years longer as well. And it's just like, <laughs> uh, such a pain. Um, so Eddie, Eddie out of nowhere rolls up Malenko for the win. Very much a TV match. Five minutes, 29 seconds. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a wee bit of a flat finish, but um, it kind of led into the afters. Um, obviously, kind of Dino... Um, the wee respect spot after the match saying that yeah you've got me tonight but I want a rematch kind of thing like that. yeah ab- absolutely I, I, you've bet me tonight but I know I can beat you 
I'll have some more of that, please. Yeah. All day long. Aye, fantastic. Um, I would say it was difficult to sort of pinpoint um, any charisma in Eddie here. Um, I, I don't mean that as a knock, but it's, it's very, he's very much still finding oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, looked, he looked timid in front of like the big kind of big crowd. So obviously, this will be the biggest crowd he's been in front of so far in his career. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel like it certainly came later in his run um, with, with the character and stuff like that that it would show because that's what you think about nowadays when you think of Eddie Guerrero. So it's funny when you watch back his old, especially, especially this earlier stuff at WCW. Um, you see him as the, the, the excellent wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he's coming I, out again, and he's, he's sort of clapping on the way out and you see him for the fans. Yeah. You know, the, the old-fashioned 80s baby face running down oh, the ramp sort of thing, you know. The, the, um, job, or, the job or baby face entrance kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's, it's absolutely thought of WCW unless your name, unless you were big in WWF and A's, you're not getting any TV time <laughs> Exactly. Um, so, uh, Starcade 1995, he competed in a battle royal once again. Um, that year's sort of Starcade centered around WCW versus New Japan, um, which I thought would be quite an interesting one to maybe do in the future. Um, he lost in that battle royal. He would feud with Conan. Uh, he would team briefly with Arn Anderson, and in the next year, um, he would turn on Arn would turn on him, uh, realigning him with Ric Flair. So he would feud with the Horsemen and stuff like that. Um, so he was definitely getting some a rub. Ah, mm-hmm. a bit of a rub there. You know, there was certainly something seen in him. Um, he would turn his attentions later on to DDP, um, looking to steal his nickname, the Lord of the Ring, um, which I never knew anything about either. So that was WCW's version of King of the Ring. Ah, was it as a tournament? Um, yeah. Well, it wasn't a tournament per se. Um, I believe it was a a kind of shitey battle royal kind of style. Um, but kind of cafe brought DDP because DDP had been fired after his feud with Mark Merrow and Diamond Doll, so he lost everything to Mark Merrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, his championship, his his valet, all these kind of money because um, they'd apparently won won the lottery. Some fucking garbage, man. <laughs> um, so DDP get fired, and this is his way of bringing them back to become Lord of the Ring. Um, okay, got you. And in proper WCW style, it just get um, overlooked the next night, and the the match get ruled like an no contest. So it was yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Scrap for the record books, brilliant. We then, then get a tournament for the vacated United States Championship. Um, it was vacated after the NWO stole the title from Ric Flair and refused to return it. So why not just fucking have a tournament? Um, why not indeed? So Eddie got to the final at Starcade 96 where he would face off with the aforementioned TDP. Um, I should point out before we actually got into this match, they would say that they'd been trying to sort of get Pace to join the NWO, so expect some bullshittery. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Surely not. So, sure it's going to be a clean finish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, Eddie and DDP, US Heavyweight Championship, Starcade 1996. So, Starcade, I mean, that is the WrestleMania, WCW, isn't it? It's always sort of been mm. considered that. They have got big pay-per-views um, sort of scattered throughout the year, but this has always been their big one. Um, yeah. I'm actually never really knew I wanted to see until now. It's like, you know, two names I would never have put together. But Ed like, and DVD. Yeah, but I'm like, ah, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this. Um, I'll, have a, I'll have a bit of this. Yeah. Yeah, Good work for both did guys. You, um, early on, I think. Did, but... you, did, did you see some of the names in the, the actual tournament? Um, Eddie's route to the final. Uh, quarterfinals defeated Conan in 21 minutes. Uh, semifinals defeated Chris Benoit in 11. So, oh. you know, some names, some other names in there as well. Um, obviously, Benoit had faced Stephen Regal. Um we bit of uh, Lex Luger versus Arn Anderson, and uh, it was Jeff, Jeff Jarrett versus DDP as well. So some, ah, some, some, it's, a good, it's a good roster there, isn't it? Like, 
some recognisable names are out with the NWO. I mean, that's your mid-card title. You know, that's... Uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, very nice. Um, Dusty Rose on commentary has me uh, slightly distracted through this match, I will say. Um, <laughs> early on, talking about the, the, the fraggy splash. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. As soon as I started yeah. speaking, I was like, oh, no, here we go again. What well, show was it when everybody was on? It was just a whole fucking show. Oh, it was a full fucking show, wasn't oh. it? Um, Fucking uh, some balls. On ninety seven, maybe. I don't yeah, know. He was. Oh, he's difficult, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's a difficult listen sometimes. Uh, yeah. uh, DDP, man, just comes out uh, smoking a cigar. Yeah. What, a, what a lad, man. Top, top lad. <laughs> is he heel here? I believe he is. He is, he is here. Yeah, just yeah. going off his body language and stuff like that. Um, Because yeah. I, I was just considering him a baby face, to be honest with you, so that's why I was well, you know. Um, uh, I'm more than certain he didn't actually turn face until he's um, kind of rip off uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit song kind of in the late 90s. Mm. I'm pretty sure he was primarily a, a, a heel, uh, which works, man. He's, he looks like a cocky bastard, so yeah, you know, works. Um, <laughs> you know what else worked? Fucking Eddie's mullet. Oh, baby. Oh, look man, it. yeah. Just look at it. It's, it's spectacular. That's a, that's a, um, that's a statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, something else. <laughs> um, so Eddie, Eddie gets out of control working over DDP, um, using his quickness to outwit the big man. Very, very simple um, storytelling. Very, very nice. Um, Eddie's work rate, his, his fluidity, uh, untouchable back then. Uh, just a step <laughs> ahead. The, the opposite. <laughs> him. He missed times. So Eddie gets up with the frog, frog splash. And so DDP, you know the you know the thing to do. Obviously, you're on your back and you you um, put your kind of leg up. And roll, yeah. roll away, mm-hmm. yeah. So he does that <laughs> before he's even in the fucking top rope. So he knows it's coming, and he still missed times the the evasion of the frog splash, and Eddie fucking sticks him in the head, man. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing, Page? Fucking knob end. Yeah, because he, he tried. He, he, I think he was too far out to start with, and he's tried to roll in towards the turnbuckle yeah. where Eddie was, and he just doesn't roll yeah. enough and doesn't mm-hmm. time it properly, and then Eddie's fucking over trying to over jump him, yeah. and his legs sort of just catch on. And, I mean, could I give, give himself a sore one as well there, like you know, yeah, trying to scramble definitely. so you don't hurt the guy and not blowing your knee out. Um, Page sort of he takes he takes over for you well as well. Um, Eddie crutches him on the top, which I thought was a great wee spot. Um, he joins him up there on the perch. Page pushes him off. He sort of backflips on his feet and then he catches DDP with, with a sort of atomic drop um, from the top rope. I thought it was really, really nice. Um, mm-hmm. Just nice sort of fluid. Didn't really need too much set up. It just sort of happened. It was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you also say it was just before that spot? Uh, Page, fucking, he's quite sprightly getting to the top rope. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. No, it was like the fucking the RVD full on leap. Oh, was that? Jesus Christ, man, you're about 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> How athletic. <laughs> DDP yoga. Uh, well. <laughs> uh, Eddie reverses the diamond cutter into a backslide, which was absolutely lovely. Um, DDP has this really nice sort of tilt whirl on a powerbomb, which I thought was it's a, it's, it's a sit-out powerbomb, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely fantastic. It was tasty. Um, just, so just the match was really getting enjoyable. Uh, the Outsiders, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and uh, the Relap Dog 6 appear. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hall hits the razor, the razor's edge on DDP. What did they call it? Something different in WCW? I don't know. It's not my forte. <laughs> uh, the outsider's edge. Outsider's edge. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of coke. <laughs> uh, Eddie hits the froggy splash. Uh, wins the title, and Eddie's not allowed the celebration because outsiders beat the fuck out of him as well and steal the title back. So after this long tournament, they would say they just take the belt anyway. Um, yeah, fucking State of Waltman, by the way. It looks like an absolute hobo. Yeah. Uh, 
Right. Trust the trust WCW to take the fun out of fucking Eddie winning a title. Um, Definitely, and he, that was his obviously that's his first singles title as well. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to kind of take the, the NWO with a pinch of salt, don't you? <laughs> you do. Uh, a big fucking dollop of it. Um, <laughs> so I, I thought a good match, though. Uh, 15 minutes on Starcade, a year after your fucking official debut, winning the title against DDP, NWO involvement. Quite a spotlight for Eddie there, man. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. fair play. Um, yeah. The only thing I didn't like was the commentators barely even mentioned that this match was for the belt. They were more interested in putting NWO over, um, which, again, is your kind of staple. Um, but come on, you could have made that a wee bit more, a bit more about the belt in the match. Yeah, that's but... a shame. Um, so after his title win, he would have successful defences. I don't know how, when he got the belt back, to be honest with you. But um, against Scott Norton, Six, and Jericho, um, for the sort of next few pay per views, he would then drop the title on Censor ninety seven, which is in our archives. We reviewed that, reviewed that in its entirety. So uh, check that one out. Um, he moved out of the Cruiserweight title picture, uh, beating Jericho and having a great match against Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc, um, and a mask versus title match, which is really considered one of the best matches, um, certainly through the Nitro era of WCW. Um, we've not watched that pay-per-view yet, but I'm sure that's one we'd love to cover in its entirety because it gets uh, really raving reviews. Uh, um, I think WWE did a list of like top 100 matches you should watch on the network, and this was like number five. Like. Even even they put it high on the list. Yeah. <laughs> it was a WCW match. I thought, nah, yeah, no WCW ones in the top twenty. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ray wins the title there. They would sort of have a bit of back and forth, um, and we'll get into their feud in WWE later on. Um, he would drop it. Eddie would drop the belt back to um, Ultimo Dragon before the turn of the year. Um, he would then participate in angles enslaving his nephew Chavo Guerrero, um, which we covered in our Slamboree 1998 episode, which is available now wherever you get your podcast. Uh, <laughs> putting plugs on this show, it's great. Uh, as that sort of Eddie and Chavo storyline grew, Eddie became a bit more frustrated with his push, uh, and he took it to Eric Bischoff. Um, there's a story around uh, basically that he told Eric Bischoff to push his character or give him a pay rise, um, and allegations would state that Bischoff um, Bischoff retorted by throwing a coffee at Eddie Guerrero. Um, but however, I think that was later vetoed <laughs> by Eddie, saying he never had just spilled it. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. Um, that, that became an angle on TV for uh, Eddie had like uh, one of your wee kind of uh, polystyrene coffee cups and he just threw it on himself and looked in the camera and was like, no need to do it, uh, Eric, I've done it myself. <laughs> oh, that's Russo backstage now, isn't it? <laughs> you can almost tell. You can see the changing of the baton. <laughs> um, do you think, like, because at this point, obviously, Eddie thought he should be in a, a better position, um, certainly upper mid-card to main event scene. Would you agree that he was at that stage at that time? Uh, probably not. He's not really a character yet, has he? No, I, th- yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was a difficult one as well, because... In terms of wrestling ability, like, absolutely, but it's, you know, it's just that kind of playground he's in, isn't it? With the... Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the, the land of the giant sort of persona that WCW have, you know, have, having the big dudes of yesterday sort of in the main event picture, um, that ever-growing NWO storyline, you know, and the popularity yeah. of that meant there was no really much chance for anything else to get put on the top exactly. either. There's, there's absolutely no room elsewhere, because um, obviously if you... <laughs> it's a bit of a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? If, if they're paying these guys X amount of millions per year, then yeah, they should be getting their money's worth and they should be on every segment, you know what I mean? Making them work for it, but at the same time, you're, you're not able to build other stars. Yeah, like I know, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, you know, but the popularity of oh, people like Eddie, yeah. Malenko, Benoit, Jericho, it was quite clear at this time, you know, they, they were they were over and I feel like the size yeah. of them 
and the egos of the others held them back, you know, the fact they were smaller and the egos of the big guys who were on the big money. And as you said, money's a big factor in that, um, of, you know, them wanting to keep those guys on top. And, of course. But as you said, you're not creating any, any stars then, are you? You're not, looking, yeah, you're not think, looking after the future. Exactly. I think it could be summed up as, um, like, short-term gain, but not a long-term investment yeah. for WCW, you know what I mean? They should have been investing in guys like uh, Eden. Eden Benoit Malenko, etc. Yeah, there's there's many things that were the demise of WCW, and I think that may have been one of them. You know, was the the inability, not really the inability, but the the, the unreadiness to create new stars. You know, the unwillingness to to, to push somebody new and and try and build sounds, talent of the future. You know, sounds familiar in twenty twenty, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, you always need some competition. Um, so they, they worked this into an angle, um, as <laughs> typical WCW style, uh, with the Bischoff stuff. Um, Eddie would be, quote-unquote, released. Um, he would disappear for a few months and then come back. Um, I think there's still a conversation to this day whether this was a work or a shoot. I don't know if you remember this um, from the time. Um, I think they were trying to redo the Pillman thing to ECW. Yeah, it was kind of like a work shoot, wasn't it? Uh, like, the work, oh, of course it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> it would eventually lead, lead to the LWO, um, the Latino World Order, mm-hmm. created by Eddie. Um, obviously, a spin-off of the NWO, but full of Latino and Mexican talent, etc. Um, I thought it was a rip-off of the VWO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember much about these guys, or anybody that was... Uh, again, I, I remember the kind of tail end. I mean, you, you've got your guys like... Um, I remember La Parca being there, Ray was there. Hector uh, Garza, Damien. Uh, who who to and Seat and Psychosis was there as well, mm. and the greatest one of all was uh, El Dandy. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? I, I like a good part of the gimmick, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, what it is. Do what you do. You do what you can to go over. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. T- a typical uh, WCW NWO fashion. This um, just sort of r- ripping off what was popular. Um, they would feud with sort of Mysterio and Kidman for a wee while. Obviously, try to get Mysterio joined, like you said there. Um, unfortunately, I think in the late nineties, um, Eddie uh, sorry, late ninety nine, Eddie was involved in a car accident. Um, so that took him out for a few months. Um, and that's sort of when NWO just sort of fizzled out after that. Um, yeah. I, I... I remember the best thing that came out of the, L, uh, the LWO was that when it disbanded, it created the Filthy Animals, yeah. which was fantastic. So, so I think that was May 99 when they came back and they sort of founded the Filthy Animals. It was him, Mysterio and Conan, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. And then obviously Kidman <clears throat> was, was, was there. The join well. in, yeah. So they feuded with uh, Deadpool. Do you remember this stable? Uh, the Insane Clown Posse and Vampiro. <laughs> <laughs> Before they would work with the Revolution, which I don't know if it was maybe a, a rip off of like the, the Horsemen. So it was Shane Douglas, Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, and Chris Benoit. Um, that is uh, that that is pretty much um, the Radicals minus Douglas. Well, it's spot the odd one out is my next name. They would sort of feud to the end of the year, and in January two thousand, Vince Russo was released and sacked. Well, sacked. <laughs> <laughs> depends who you talk. Uh, depends who you ask. Um, Kevin Sullivan took charge of the book and Eddie had asked and received his release um, along with Benoit, Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. And thus, on January 31st, 2000, on Monday Night Raw, the Radicals were born. Um, so, a, a good run for Eddie in WCW. Highs and lows. Um, yeah. but I think he certainly left his mark, wouldn't you say so? Absolutely, man. Like, that's the... You look at the legacy of Eddie Guerrero and it's certainly no mark against him what he'd done in WCW. Obviously, never won the big one but I mean he was still tiny in WCW yeah. you know what I mean like small small guy he was never going to win the, the heavyweight belt but 
he won pretty much everything else. So fair play. Yeah, top top notch stuff from Eddie. Um, they are so they were showing in the crowd that night on Raw. Um, looking like a new boy band. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> oh yes, Perry's uh, he's like leopard skin, fucking satin shirt on with a hat to match. He's wee leather, bro. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I believe Benoit had like a satin shirt, blue and black satin shirt on as well with the pre-match trousers on. Fantastic. Uh, I remember Guerrero looking the only one that looked like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they're just like, oh, just, just dress, just dress, you know. <laughs> just be... <laughs> How 90s, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. We're right yeah. right 2000 here, and they've like, still, still got the clothes of yesteryear. Um, so, of course, they would jump the barrier um, attacking the New Age Outlaws. What do you remember specifically about their sort of debut? And like, do you remember, especially, you know, not just about watching the moment back now, but at the time, do you remember much about it at the time? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. This was uh, obviously DX were flying high at the time, yeah. and I thought to myself, holy sh-. Well, obviously, I didn't think this at the time. What a rub because back then I was a, an absolute mark and I used to just watch wrestling to enjoy wrestling. Yeah. What a lost concert. <laughs> see your see money in the bank podcast for that rant. Um, no, I just thought to myself, oh fucking hell, these are like these are WCW guys. What's what's, what's going on here? Obviously, you always hear the other side of the tale that when people came into WCW or oh, these are WWF guys, what are they doing here? But seeing it on the flip side for the first time, obviously Jericho had been in uh, already and stuff like that. But like a major group coming in. I mean, that's four. Oh, so you said they're Jericho, who debuted uh, the following year. Angle, who came yeah. in later in '89, and then you've got these four guys coming in. It really, was showing the talent this overhaul was... that the Fed were beginning to have. Yeah, and changing the guard. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think, I mean, obviously that was a wee bit before my time, um, but watching it back, and you know, you don't be sure. I, I like my history and, and, and looking back mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and, and really diving into things um, deeper than any mark should, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> seeing how wrestling was sort of up till mid to late 99 and then when it went into 2000 it was like a total overhaul just by bringing in a few more talent and, and, and really enhancing the mid card now because the main, main event scene there was always pretty strong you know but when you bring in workers on the mid card like that it gives you a, a totally different vibe to that and a, and a different contrast to the main event so it just gives you something else to tune in for and something more it also, exciting. It also gives the main event guys someone different to work with as well. So there isn't just the the over the top uh, characters. Like there's actual wrestlers there that can, and their gimmick is that they can wrestle. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that week, um, Eddie would have his debut match on the SmackDown taping, uh, taped on February first and aired on the third of February. Um, so it was Perry Saturn and Eddie Guerrero versus the New Age Outlaws. Um, which we have reviewed as well. Uh, I've not really watched many Smackdowns from this era, so it was quite interesting going back in the crowd. Absolutely rabid. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I think Smackdown's always perceived as the, you know, I hate the word, but the Smarks show, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the guys, they like wrestling. Um, or, sorry, they like wrestling. <laughs> yeah, uh, the New Age Outlaws, I think we say it every time, over as ever. Um <laughs> Billy Gunn, right? You know, he always comes, right? See if you ever see Billy Gunn in an interview, right? He always kind of comes across as this. He's just a hard bastard. Uh-huh. Like he's a straight straight shooter, like a, an Arn Anderson kind of guy. <laughs> What's with the choker? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is he wear? <laughs> oh, he must love to pop the boys, man. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> there must be like three or four guys behind the curtain pissing themselves laughing They must at just him, turn man. up with stuff some now and again, you know, and just like, remember, remember, oh, remember all those wee shots when he was, um, he was refereeing, the, I think it was um, the Ken Shamrock That's match. right. I think it was Ken Toby Sh- out or something. Yep. And he was like, yes. one of the tiny wee yes. shots. And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is he doing, man? <laughs> uh, oh, he's... What an odd guy, but he's, he's brilliant. Uh, I do like, do like Billy Gunn. Um, so, did you... I, 
the storyline getting into this match is that um, obviously the Radicals are deep into the feud with uh, DX at the minute. Uh, the Radicals need to win all their matches tonight uh, to get caught. Con- oh, sorry, they need to win the majority of matches tonight to get full time WWE mm-hmm. contracts. Um, so you've got Eddie and Saturn versus the Outlaws, you've got uh, Malenko versus Waltman, and then Triple H versus Benoit. Yep. Looking at that split of talent, you can see who they've got their eye on already. Yeah. <laughs> Spot who they think is going to main event. You know what I mean? It's going to be Benoit. Yeah. Um, and, and not surprisingly. Um, I mean, first and foremost, though, what did you make it these wee vest? It was, it was weird. No, oh, I mean, it, it, it complimented the mullet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was a, a quite a quick match. Um, we get a wee glimpse of the rings of Saturn, Stuart, which I'm sure you were absolutely foaming at the Pop. Pop, big um, <laughs> so the match hits a sour note. Uh, Eddie hits the frog splash, um, and everybody has mm. to sort of adjust on the fly here. So Eddie actually dislocates his elbow upon landing. This is the big injury. This is um, holy. Fuck. The camera's on him at one point after the match, and you can see it's popped to the plate. That's fucking it's... disgusting. Um, yeah. So he's 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 obviously right. So if you listen to this, put your arms straight out to the side if you can see where the kind of straight line goes if you imagine that his hand was underneath that line like holy mm. fuck that was like his arm was bent at a right angle but the way it shouldn't be bent yeah it's <laughs> horrible <laughs> absolutely horrible oh my goodness me yeah I had a wee cringe watching that yeah um, I, I was doing my notes as I was doing it sort of thing mate and I was like getting the match yeah. up and stuff like that and I seen like Eddie got injured in this one I'm like oh I need to watch for that and that wasn't hard to miss like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> oh there it is yeah, so, <laughs> Apparently Eddie and Perry were actually supposed to go over in this match, but they called it on the fly because he had his injury and we'll all just pinned him in the middle of the ring. Um, yeah. I, I, I oh, well, think Eddie went in shock absolutely. a wee bit and just sort of... Uh, I mean, fair play yeah, for finishing just... the match still, to be honest with you, but... Um... Mm-hmm. I dog, dog just kind of uh, crawls in yeah. and pins him. He wasn't even legal when I was like... Yeah. You tell him to tell the referee, get, you just get him. the free. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Fair enough, man. Fair absolutely. enough. Had to be done. Um, uh, yeah, horrible debut match, but it was uh, it was funny seeing them plug the XFL right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Pop <for that. laughs> Again, um, so he'd be back in March um, in full fitness. He was still he was still on TV. He was kept on TV. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it was it was in the sling, yeah. and obviously the kind of gimmick was that he always had a lead pipe and he sling to help the radicals out in the match. Yeah, we watched them. We watched that in the Nobody episode, which is also in the archives. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so he was venturing into a storyline with Mama Sita, uh, his love interest in China, which is fondly remembered. Um, really, really good storyline. Um, his charisma, his character, this is where it started to come through now. Um, you know, it kicked off the night after WrestleMania on Raw, where he would face off with Chris Jericho for the European Championship, um, which is the next match we've watched. Um, so China's in Jericho's corner here, and she does the big pyro gun thing, which I always loved. I thought it was I, I I I couldn't tell whose side China was. Who's side was she on? <laughs> I, I I genuinely couldn't tell. She came out by herself. No kind of a alignment to anyone. I thought she was just neutral here, <laughs> which is how I watched this. All ah, right. No, I thought I, I'm sure mm. there was something about her and Jericho going on at this point, but I could be wrong. Um... <laughs> Jerry Lawler. I don't know if you caught it. Pop big time. Did you hear what he nope. said? <laughs> He said, uh, "Yeah, regarding China, like, oh, there's, there's, there's big movies in Hollywood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> How subtle? How subtle, King? How subtle? Uh, uh, also, this comes off of the Mania match. Did you see what the Mania match was? So that was it not the, the Jericho Benoit. So it was Jericho versus Angle versus Benoit. Yeah. It was a two fall triple threat match for the IC and European title. Yeah. Holy fuck, that is a match I want to watch. So." 
uh, obviously Angle getting into the match is your Eurocontinental Championship mm-hmm. and uh, spoilers it leaves with nothing. yeah so defending both belts at the same time but, both but belts against and... one after the other rather than just simultaneously um, yeah absolutely and I like that um, so Benoit won the IC belt by pinning Jericho and Jericho won the European belt by pinning Benoit oh fantastic what what a way to elevate two guys while keeping your champion still strong yeah like have you ever seen a match where three guys come out of a single match looking better than they did? Yeah, that's fantastic, that's dude, man. Uh, brilliant. We'll get that one in the future. <laughs> yes, indeed. Stay tuned for many episodes. <laughs> Next match <laughs> on April. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we, this match was good. Um, I like Guerrero's wee pre-match promo that he did. Um, I said building that Latino Heat character. Um very, very nice indeed. Fast-paced action as ever. Um, I think we're going to, be, I'm going to repeat that every bit of Guerrero match that mm. we're doing here. Um, two of the best wrestlers of all time, early on in the WBF journeys. Quite interesting when you go back and watch stuff like that and you realise who you're actually watching, isn't it? Um, Definitely. Definitely. Hot crowd too. There did seem a wee bit of a lack of chemistry at times. There were sort of a few uh, miscommunications here and there, uh, but that's quite nitpicky of me. Um, yeah, I think that's the kind of sloppiest. Kind of where Jericho used to wrestle, though. You know, I mean, not saying he's bad. Like Jericho, bro, he's one of the best. But in terms of like wrestling ability, they can't match. Jericho yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Uh, I did like though he done these. Uh, he done like the Lesnar double power bomb thing. You know, like slams him to the ground and then he picks him up from yeah. the ground, dead weight, and slams him down again. Don't ever remember him doing that at all. But yeah, good stuff. Fantastic, good stuff. yeah. yeah. Uh, we get a ref bump on Tim White. He loves a fucking ref bump, this Timmy White. It was, yeah, it, they just about got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, it was the, the fucking the wind knocked him yeah. down. Eddie messages frog splash, and I was just like, after watching the match right before it, like, from when he actually injured himself, I thought that must take some balls just to go up there and do it again. You know, like yeah. Yeah. you get that sort of, you know, footballers say that, and you know. Other athletes say that when they injure something, they just don't have their confidence back straight away. I'm like, Christ, got two months later yeah, and he's up yeah. fucking hitting it again. <laughs> Fair play. I agree. It's like, um, it's all cliche. You pull out a 50-50 challenge, you're going to get injured more than if you follow through. So you might as well just go for it, land hard. Yeah, that's arms. true, yeah. So uh, with the ref out, of course, uh, Jericho flourishes, as I said, a double power bomb, no line. So um, China counts the fall uh, and the crowd celebrates. <laughs> she raises her arm before she DDTs uh, Y2J, throws Eddie on top. Um, and gets the ref back in for the win. So, Mama Sita uh, aligns herself with Eddie. Um, she could not resist his Latino heat um, <laughs> and sort of kickstarts their sort of love affair. Um, yeah. I can't like this. I um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. He wins his first single style by cheating. Yeah, yeah. Fair and he, he didn't even realise what went on as well, which is sort of part of it as well. Is that you know, yeah, quite sure. Yeah. Um, and then when he realises that sort of she'd helped him win and stuff like that, he's over the moon. Um, just, just brilliant. And uh, you know, this is where Eddie, as we said, was really starting to, to, to hit his stride a wee bit. Um, so these two would have fun and enjoyable segments for quite a, a large chunk of two thousand. Um, a lot of interactions with them, sort of growing more over and popular with the fans. Um, things, of course, naturally would sour. Um, Guerrero would pin China at the King, at King of the Ring um, accidentally. Uh, at SummerSlam 2000, <laughs> they had a mixed tag match with Val Venus and Trish Stratus, and whoever got the winning fall would win Val's IC title. So China would win by pinning Trish, and she would take the belt. So Guerrero would be like, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for her, but obviously Jealousy would play a foot, um, and he'd win the title in a triple threat match um, with China and Angle. Uh, he then became jealous of China posing for Playboy, um, so he, he, he swore he would storm up to the Playboy mansion. <laughs> And destroy the place. <laughs> um, 
and he, he would ultimately actually propose to China just when you thought it was going to be going the other way um, and then China would catch Eddie in the shower uh, which would break that one off he was in the shower with two of Godfather's hoes um, because two mamacitas are better than one uh, so <laughs> fantastic yeah. storytelling there I really enjoyed that angle um, from what I remember it and what I remember watching back I think we said it on one of the shows we did recently as well you know it wasn't just Eddie that brought something out of it it actually brought something out of China as well um, yeah. both of them got more over than when they started so yeah. Yep. Really, really enjoyed that storyline. Remember it fondly. Uh, he would reunite with the Radicals for a wee bit um, before he beat Test at Mania X7 for his second European Championship. However, in May of 2001, he was taken off TV. Um, Kefi being Albert had injured him, but in actuality, the truth is a little bit sadder than that. Due to the car accident, he, he sort of suffered in, in 1999. Um, he sort of become addicted to pain medication. Um, and was sent to rehab, um, sort of taking off TV and stuff like that to, to sort of get himself straightened out and stuff like that. Um, he was arrested in November of 2001 for drunk driving and subsequently released by the WWF. Um, he would appear in the Indies, uh, you know, which is often forgotten about. This is something that a lot of people forget about Eddie Guerrero was, you know, he took he, he was released and, you know, he had his demons and stuff like that. Um, I believe he was a born-again Christian at one when he came back. Um you know, right. he, he got mm-hmm. himself straightened out and stuff like that, which is which is nice. Um, that he wasn't, you know, it's difficult, you know, back then and people go through things and, and the wrestling business. I mean, nowadays guys get paid when they don't nowadays work, got, you know. Yeah, and you've got all the help that you need these days. Mm-hmm. Back then, you didn't. It was it was a it was a hard I mean? it was a hard decision to make. I think for a lot of them, but you'd rather be getting mm-hmm. paid and, and putting food in their family's table than laying there injured, you know and. A lot, for a lot of people, it was a detriment. So it, it's difficult to talk about sometimes, you know, with guys because it's course, it's very very real. You know, it takes you out of the the, the fandom of wrestling and takes you into the real lives of people. Mm-hmm. And um, but well, again, that's where you need to draw the line, isn't it? You need to um, you need to watch the character, not the real exactly. Person. Um, so he would he would work for Ring of Honor and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling among other small promotions. Um, he wrestled guys like CM Punk. Like you said, yeah, I was going to say that's still a match with Punk and Ray. It's some kind of wee washed out indie promotion, um, which was funny to see, like, all the wee kind of skinny run indie guys <laughs> and just Eddie Guerrero fucking Super monster <laughs> Who's winning this match? <laughs> That's fantastic, isn't it? Um, I'm not, I've seen Ring of Honor, they still share stuff about Eddie Guerrero. I think he only had, like, one or two matches for them. Um, but it's, like, <laughs> the biggest star we've ever had, man. <laughs> Leave yeah, it be. Um, yeah. I, I mean... Just I don't remember, I don't recall many people who have done that who have been that big a star and went England. and dropped down yeah. that level. It's mm. I mean he was working WrestleMania yeah. less than a year before, you know. Yeah, that's very true actually. Um, you could only really see guys like in foresight. Obviously, like Eddie was a star before he went to the season, but you mean guys like um, guys like Drew. Obviously, they weren't exactly a star, but having coming back for them, these they became the top top man uh, kind of thing. You know what I mean, that, that's the only real thing that you can compare. Ah, uh, there's a different sort of thing with there, isn't there? Like, yeah, actually, a lot of guys mm. when they leave WWE nowadays, they're, they're, <laughs> they're sort of down now anyway. Like, yeah, you know, they'll be will make sure of that. Um, yeah, or they'll just go to Jericho's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it would come back April first. Um, feud with RVD and Steve Austin and Ric Flair um, and that's before the, the, the draft would happen uh, the old brand split would come into play sort of, I think it was August 2002 um, and they moved to Smackdown which was really the beginning of something special would you not agree with that? Yeah it's absolutely a shame, uh, a shame it's 
an absolute shame that he missed um, the full kind of invasion angle. Yeah. Um, something that obviously does get overlooked. He wasn't actually there for that because that would have been. Ah, he's somebody they could have utilised on both sides, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Ah, that's a shame. Um, in terms of you know going to SmackDown, this is sort of where the SmackDown Six would come from. So I believe it was him, Angle, Edge, um, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit. Who am I missing? <laughs> Lesnar. Um, uh, I think he was in Raw, was he not? No, Lesnar moved to SmackDown as well. Well, well, he was kind of both because the t- once he won a title, yeah. he was sort of in between um, before they made it exclusive to SmackDown. Um, well, he was... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, so you've got, sorry, you've got Eddie, you've got... Um, you've got so you've got Los Guerreros, you've got Eddie Chavo, you've got Benoit Angle, and then you've got Edge and Rey Mysterio. Yeah. That's your kind of... Smackdown six, and then obviously you get like Taker, Brock, kicking around at the top. Yeah, the rock, the rock still kicking about. Um, good yeah. stuff. So he would feud with Edge. Um, a personal memory of this feud, they had a no DQ match, uh, which was, I think it was a Smackdown after Un- Unforgiven, um, which was absolutely fantastic. See, watching TV matches that were actually amazing. It's like where's that went? <laughs> you know, like, mm. just when they give it, they give it all out, man. I mean, those two absolutely tore it apart that that match. Um, I watched it relatively recently. And then we would get Los Guerreros. Um, one of my favourite memories in wrestling was Los Guerreros sort of coming in. Um, of course, that was Eddie and his nephew Chavo paired together. Uh, the company had some fantastic vignettes, which I think I sent you the other day there, Stuart. Um, yeah, the, the, the vignettes, absolutely brilliant stuff. So um, they're on the golf course um, making some stereotypical <laughs> remarks and... Um, the buff of Kerwin White, mm. uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, they're hustling through guys, golf. Obviously, Eddie can't play golf, so he's trying to cheat his way to victory, throwing a golf ball, kicking it further down the, uh, down the fairway, <laughs> that kind of thing. It's, it's just so well done, you know, like the, yeah. the comedy value in it and the entertainment value, but also not burying the guys, you know, like. It can be yeah. difficult to do, but it takes it takes guys who know what they're doing as well to, to put that shit over. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic vignettes. The charisma and their goofiness, great way to revamp the sort of characters that are there, you know, gain the popularity without even having them in the ring yet. Um, and of, of course, this is where the lie, cheating and stealing sort of came into Guerrero's character. Um, it started off with Los Guerreros, but of course, we're transitioning to Eddie on his own. So they were feud with Benoit and Angle, um, who were the newly crowned and inaugural WWE Tag Team Champions when they brought in the new titles to SmackDown. Um, the, the stuff that those guys did, and then Edge and Mysterio also got brought in, um, and, and the angles, the angle that they, those sort of six guys had, and made that work so well. Um, it was just so enjoyable to watch, and I remember it really, really fondly as well. Um, it's probably the best there. I'd think. agree, yeah. You know, in terms of yeah. having everything... You know, because um... then you have to look at who else is there as well. Dave Batista's there, John Cena's there, Orton's there. Um, yeah, fuck me, man! What talent pool! Smackdown. What team to watch? Rob is garbage. Let's let's not be around the bush. Fucking, you just three minute warning, Bishop. Chris Nowinski. Ah, uh, that kind of nonsense. Um, Smackdown. Steve Richards was featured on Raw quite a lot back then as well. That's where that's where we're at. Um... Yeah, that shows the Yeah, it? Um, so they would um, they would actually win Los Guerreros. This is would win the tag belts uh, at Survivor Series 2002, and this was ultimately the sort of first time they were viewed as baby faces. You know, the sort of organic rise in popularity that they had um, was really starting to shine through. Because as we said before in the podcast, you know, they behaved like heels, but it was just so enjoyable to watch. It was 
so bizarre. Um, they would drop the belts back to Team Angle, um, which also shot Benjamin Charlotte Haas in February of 2003. And this feud continues sort of through Mania 19 into Backlash 2003, which we have reviewed in our archives. Um, <laughs> Travel was injured before Judgment Day 2003, um, tearing his bicep, so Eddie had to choose a partner. And they picked Tajiri and they won the tag titles together um, in a ladder match that night against Team Angle, which I do not remember <laughs> by any means. Um, I, I, I think they dropped it back like the fall and SmackDown. Um, and Eddie would try and turn heel by beating up um, Tajiri. Um, he says mm-hmm. it was for denting his lowrider. Uh, <laughs> but the attempt to turn Eddie heel didn't quite work. You know, They weren't ready for that. The crowd was still hot on Eddie and cheering and siding with him and stuff like that. So um, it was too over to turn um, at this stage. I'm glad it didn't work because uh, the, the, the journey that we go on next is one of the best. Um, She'd been involved in the United States title tournament in July, sort of meeting old friend Chris Benoit in the final at Vengeance. Um, this was a key moment in Eddie's career. Um, you know, he did the old sort of plant the weapon spot. You know, he would like, hit it off the floor, throw the chair and lay down. Um, and, you know, try and get the other guy caught out for cheating and stuff like that. And he realised that people wanted to see him lie, cheat and steal. You know, that was what was part of his character that would get him over. Yeah. That's when he realised that that would be... Yeah, that's the, that's the ticket. You, you found your... Um... You found old golden snitch there, Eddie. Uh, yeah, it. definitely. Um, so, you know, the light sheet still really comes in here. Guerrero ultimately wins the title here as well. Um, we have feuds with John Cena. Uh, they had a parking lot brawl match at one point, which is quite good. Uh, I remember sure. that one well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe that that was a big point in Cena's career. Yeah, it was, match. yeah. It, like, he was starting to sort of uh, find his feet as well. Um before Travel would come back uh, and they would win back the WWE Tag Team Championships as well, making Eddie a double champion. Um, he would then feud with the Big Show, which is hilarious to watch back. If you, uh, that's one of the best <laughs> foods. He, he feeds him a laxative at one yeah. point. He, he covers him in shit from a sewage truck. Um, yeah. Just brilliantly well done. And he takes an absolute beating as well because like, I think um, Big Show fucks him up and like, chokes him on top of his car and stuff like that. Um, that's uh, so, uh, brilliant stuff. Um you know, working that mid-card title and stuff like that. Um, soon after dropping the US title, they dropped the tag belt was with him and, and Chavo as well. And that would lead a little angle from those two having a bit of a fallout as well. Um, Rumble will fall, they'd have a big match, um, which involved Chavo Senior being there as well, um, which we watched quite recently just for fun and it was, it was enjoyable. Right. Um, a real family feud there, you know, and a good match with sort of Eddie Lane and Chavo and, and, and tied up his brother Chavo Senior uh, to watch the beat down as well. So really showing the different side to Eddie in that one as well, showing he's got that mean streak in him. Yes, it's a, it's an easy feud to have, and it always it'll always do business. So Chris Benoit won the rumble in two thousand and four, and him being on SmackDown, he went to Raw to take on Triple H. So Eddie then won the rumble on SmackDown to become the number one contender for Brock Lesnar's WWE Championship. We all know where this goes. Uh, so the match would be lined up for No Way Out two thousand and four, which of course we had to watch. Um, so Lesnar and Eddie, two, No Way Out two thousand and four. Um, we were g up to watch this, weren't we? It was. Uh, the the crowd were fucking hot for this one. You know, you know that way. As soon as you hear the the, the music and then you hear the pop, it's like you always have to call it the Austin pop. You know, what I mean, it's just it's so yeah. fucking loud, man. It's good. Uh, Love Eddie's gear here as well, by the way. Uh, the old Sasha Banks gear. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 um, you know, see the old black with the flames of it. Absolutely brilliant. And Eddie, holy fuck, he has. From the match that we watched in 2000-2004, he has quadrupled Huge. his size. He's fucking massive. And it only keeps getting bigger. Yep. Um... Yeah, yeah. Unfortunate ugliness is he's got the, the old back fella, you know, the old spots, the old acne yeah. man. It looks horrible, man. Get the... Yep. 
Um, so of course, like Lesnar's having a major feud with Goldberg, sort of building at the time. Um, so Eddie sort of feels like a sec- like, but he's sort of playing second fiddle. Oh, he's, Eddie's bit yeah. part here, man, and I hated it. The crowd are chanting for Goldberg. Get absolutely yeah. fucked. Get um, fucked. Early on, Brock shoves Eddie back and tells him he ain't nothing. Uh, tosses him around like a rag doll. Destroys him with a running knee, belly, be- bellies, etc. Um, Eddie's just getting murdered <laughs> early on. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he tries a few different things to sort of t- cut the big man down, um, but Brock's power sort of comes in for a while uh, before Lesnar shoulder blocks the corner. Uh, he's very, very good at that spot. He does it a lot in matches. <laughs> it's his go-to. Um, yeah, he yeah. tries another high knee. Eddie sort of ducks it the way and Lesnar topples right over the top. Um, and he sort of starts selling the knee and stuff like that. So that gives Eddie a target. Um that's another spot he likes, yep. isn't it? The big knee with the <laughs> <laughs> But I said to him, Brock Lesnar's psychology, yeah, we'll bit by bit here. Um, it is funny, though, because this is, a t- this is Brock Lesnar working as a wrestler. <laughs> it's oh, yes. so bizarre. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Eddie gets a, an STF in, a figure four, um, and as you said, the Goldberg chance started to come in at the free. Um, Eddie sort of slips out with a suplex into a head scissors, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um Goes back down to the leg, locks in a figure four. Lesnar sort of pulls himself to the bottom rope. Um, Eddie puts in another STF. He's just trying to wear him down. But Brock's getting, Brock's getting over the amount of times he's getting out of stuff, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Brock hits a spine buster on Eddie and absolutely kills him with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brock suplexes Eddie and tells him just to die. Um, but harsh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Brock applies a gut wrench. Uh, wears down Eddie a wee bit more. Um, and eventually... Um, we get a ref bump. <laughs> um, standard mm-hmm. stuff. Brian Hebner takes the bump. Um, it's from the F5, so it's like the, the leg yeah, catches them really, really nice um, way to do to go around the ref bump. Um, there's also no referee there. Goldberg comes down, spears um, Lesnar, Eddie covers, but only gets a two count. And that was when I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, I remember watching it back, I'm like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, but then it works for me because the crowd now get in behind Eddie because they've had their Goldberg moment. So they start getting in behind Eddie. Eddie gets the title belt, goes to hit Lesnar with it. He misses him. Brock goes up for the F5. Eddie counters in a DDT, almost onto the title. Uh, <laughs> Eddie hits a frog splash and one, two, three. So new champion. 30 minutes and five seconds this match went for. Um, a tremendous long match, but the story and the build told was it was just so good. Um, and the pinnacle moment, the crowd. Once, once, as I say, once the go big thing had happened, the crowd were just so behind Eddie um, and that top. Yeah, so the way I kind of seen this match was that the first 25 minutes, it wasn't a match. It was just the crowd chant for Goldberg. And after they got that shite out of the way and dealt with, the actual match started that yeah. I wanted to see. Um, Obviously, Eddie gets up for the frog splash. He's he's having every single bit of it. Like The crowd are hot for that. They know what's coming. Um and again, the, I remember the aftermath. The aftermath more than I remember the actual mm-hmm. match. Um, obviously, I don't. You know, it's one of those things. This is Eddie's first title win, like first major world title. Could you not have done it in a way that the title switch isn't setting up an angle which is bigger than the title? Remember um, when we covered Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. 2010 in the archives. <laughs> um, when Jericho took the belt off of Taker, it was only because they were setting up Taker yeah. versus Sean. And when Jericho won the belt, you never seen him after it. There was no indication that Jericho actually just won the yeah. belt. This is the same kind of thing. Um, it kind of, yeah, it did kind of 
kind of spoiled yeah. it. But I mean, at the yeah. very least, he did get that at the end, you know. You got the thing at the end. So the spotlight was on Eddie yeah. as the show closed, which is a thumbs up. But I know I do know what you mean. Yeah, it was overshadowed ever so yeah. slightly. Um, but by the same token, it was and shocking. You know, it was. I mean, we're, we're a month away from WrestleMania, and we're yeah, a big title change and stuff I'm, like that. That didn't happen too often. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm now glad that they get the shite match between Goldberg and Lesnar at Mania. Yes. <laughs> You cheered for it. Oh, you, you wanted it. For it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, so you would go on to, to beat Kurt Angle at Mania 20. Um, and him and, of course, his good buddy Chris Benoit <laughs> would stand on top at the end of the night. Uh, both championships in a major, real emotional moment. Um, that's one of my favourite Manias. And, you know... The, it's, my, it's one of my favourite moments. Yeah, it's, it? not, it's, not one, it's not just, you know, as I say, it's not just the, the destination. It's all about the journey. Viva la raza. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I... You know, just that, that obviously that's that feels like a lot of people remember that as the pinnacle at Mania 20 with those two sort of holding the belts. But obviously, with Eddie winning them with belt a month earlier, um, he sort of got his own moment to shine as well. So he would move into feuds with JBL, um, which that's a feud that I remember really escalating his title run and stuff like that. You know, um, they had a, a, a moment, I think it was at a live event, it was on Mother's Day, um, and Guerrero's mother was supposed to have a fake heart attack, but she would actually have a mild heart attack taking the fake heart attack. Um, as told by Bruce Pitchard. <laughs> um, so, like, working ourselves. Ah, so whether he's working, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, of course, it's they work that into the feud regardless. Um, sort of heats it up tenfold. And I remember watching that match at Judgment Day. Um, the absolute bloodbath of a match. Um, wasn't mm. any Texas death match you'll ever watch. It wasn't any Japanese death match you'll ever watch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And after the match, Eddie legitimately passed out, went in the shock um, due to the blood loss, etc., uh, and passed out, which again, they worked out the story. Did you ever see the Smackdown where he sort of faked like, passing out again? Um, yeah, and JBL was acting really, really shocked and pinned him in the middle of the ring. And that created some serious controversy because people thought he was actually, <laughs> actually had a problem. Yeah. Uh, there were simply blurring the lines with that one, but I do remember that because it was quite controversial. Um, yeah, that's a fucking horrible yeah, match. Though. I think we, we both made a pact that we ain't going to watch that in the podcast because it's absolutely gruesome. Um, and mm. I, I don't want to be put off my dinner. Um, so yeah. JBL would win the title um, and Eddie would slowly drift out, out of the main event scene for a while. Um, he would work Angle again at SummerSlam that year. He would work various feuds before he would team with Rey Mysterio in sort of early 2005. Um, they'd win the Tag Team Championships there. Shavo getting Eddie's ear a bit because of a bit of a rift between Eddie and Ray. Um Eddie eventually, Eddie and Ray having a match at WrestleMania 21, um, which is quite a bizarre one, if you remember that one, you know, holding the tag titles, both of them, but having a match against each other, opening the show. That's right. Uh, it was a good match, mm-hmm. but it was just, it's, it's a bizarre, yeah. I don't know how many times that's happened. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's usually that spot where, like, the, the guys that are feuding for the main title pick up the tag belts yeah. together, and then, yeah, that kind of ball spot. Stuff. I think that, yeah, that was very much just a case of, yeah, we're the tag champions. Who's the better yeah. one kind of thing? I mean, like... Yeah, which led into, of course, one of the fantastic storylines of 2005. Um, the, Eddie would turn the feud personal, um, saying he's going to reveal secrets about race and Dominic, stating that Eddie was the dad. Um, a lot of bullshit broke out here, and it led to sort of the next match that we're going to cover. So it's SummerSlam 2005, the custodial ladder match for the custody of Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> uh, so Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, and the winner gets Dominic. <laughs> it's not quite Judy Bagwell on a forklift, but uh... <laughs> nah, you you know what? Like um, on paper, this is a ridiculous match stipulation, and it's fucking <laughs> crazy. But 
this done some great business at the time. I remember this being what a, what a hot feud this was. Um, ah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. It was really well sold by a lot of people. You know, the, the crowd really wanted Ray yeah. to win it. Um, the, the 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 build to it, the way the commentators <laughs> dis- both despised Eddie, despite you know Taz doing a bit heel commentary yeah. here and there. Even he despised yeah. Eddie. Um, like Cole mm-hmm. even got personal on the match, saying that he's got two sons that he adopted, and you know, um, it doesn't matter if you're biological or not. It got really really serious. Um. It did, it absolutely did. Um, when I try to convey the storyline, um, the way I picked up was that uh, Dominic is actually uh, Eddie's biological son, uh, kind of uh-huh. in kayfabe, but Eddie gave him up at birth, but now Eddie yeah. wants him back. Like, I mean, that's it's believable. I don't, I mean, I don't think it's too far. Don't... I mean, it's far-fetched to the degree, but it's wrestling. Like, you know, it is. It's not it's like... Right. Um... Yeah, absolutely. Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son, you know, <laughs> it's a bit more. Uh, you know, you've got an actual kid there, yeah. and it's actually doable. You know, it's actually doable. Um, yeah. um, this is going to be the rarest moment in this podcast ever because Mysterio's about to get some praise. I know, fuck me, yeah, right. So he comes out. Obviously, he does his fucking up through the the ramp, which is fair enough. That was his, that's how he made his entrance at the time. Um, this is a blood feud, and he is not interacting with the fans. Ah, yeah. oh, good stuff, Ray. Good, good stuff, mate. He just he's got his eyes focused on Eddie. Uh, the only interaction yeah. is with Dominic, which felt so real as well. Um, yes, I, 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 I will Love never criticize that. Dominic because he's fucking eight years old here, so I, I'm not going yeah. to criticize yeah. his acting. But right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what I will criticize though is that the fucking. Care worker, he should be in protective custody. I mean, he shouldn't be ringside at a live event. Fucking hell! Eddie's heel remix of uh, Light Cheap Steel, incredible as well. Yeah, he's fucking stuff. huge Brilliant. here, man. Like we we pointed it out the year before, <laughs> he is fucking small mm. here. Like. He's an absolute Jesus, monster, man. What oh, a big boy. Um, so, as expected early on, a bit of brawling. Um, as you said, Blood Feud, absolutely mm-hmm. quite right. Uh, Bring the ladders in early. Obviously, Eddie's using the ladder as a, as a weapon, um, as expected. Ray doesn't really use the ladder as a weapon much. You know, it's very much, if it is anything, it's subconsciously where you know, Eddie's falling in there and stuff like that, which is subtle yeah. psychology, you know. The heel mm-hmm. looks to use the weapon mm-hmm. and the baby fish is looks to win, you know, it's, it's kind of like that. So, um, it's, it also plays into the, the kind of underlining story of this match is that the fact that um, Eddie's never been able to defeat Ray one-on-one, so by Eddie using weapons and Ray just out yeah. on him. Works really well, yeah, man. Um, Ray has a seated senton on Eddie to the outside, which is nice. Um, they both exchange hands on top of the ladder and Eddie gets a hold of the case. Ray stops him and then Eddie goes for like a sunset flip powerbomb, um, which they don't quite connect with. Mm. Uh, and the crowd let them fucking have it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I thought. See these Eddie and Ray, like you, you think that like it's going to be like Eddie and Dean, like they should just have that instant yeah. chemistry mm-hmm. in the ring. They they don't. Uh, I don't know what it is. The only thing I can think of is um, in Eddie's matches, he's always usually the the kind of quote unquote smaller guy who can like move quicker um, and outpace the other guy. But adding in a smaller and faster guy. That puts him in a different you know, role, yeah. Makes, yeah, it just makes it a bit clumsy. That's, um, that's a really good point you make. Like, I, I, I did note on the yeah, chemistry yeah. at times, you know, but in terms of, uh, that, that's a really good point, you know. 
it's 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 Ray's fault, obviously. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we mask there and dick. Um, so we get a really nice spot. Actually, Guerrero sort of sandwiches uh, Mysterio in between the ladders and does his sort of over the top senton thing, uh, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. And then sold obviously because mm-hmm. it's going to hurt him as well. Um, lovely stuff. Um, Eddie takes us bump off the top of the ladder so he basically gets back dropped on a bridging ladder from the top and both the ladders just crumble um, Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. takes a terrible bump off the top as well um, so again the ladders aren't doing them any favours here um, not having much luck with that uh, with the high spots and stuff like that no it's fucking brutal at points man like there's a couple of spots coming up that are just like they look as if they've they hurt yeah. like actual Ow, how, how have they managed to finish yeah. this match? There's a Perch ladder on the top rope, Eddie hot shots Rey Mysterio, isn't it? Um, sort of like picks him up, powerbomb, and then drops him behind him. Um, sort of stirring him first, that was a sold one. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie starts getting up the ladder, uh, and Dominic comes in. Um, <laughs> is, is this the bump you were talking about that looks sore, mate? <laughs> no, no, no. He comes um, in, shakes the ladder, uh, but obviously he can't move it because he's only a wee boy. Um, Eddie comes down, he tells him off, and he does that as if he's going to lift his hand to him. Which I just thought was so well done. Just this the way he sort of does it, you know, you're gonna learn how what it's like to be a Guerrero, lifts his hand, and then that's when Mysterio yeah. comes in. And you get that sort of thing from the crowd, it was like you know, like, oh <laughs> you know? Yeah. it felt very real. Um Gets this, it got the storyline yeah. over, like in the places where it needed to get over. Yeah, fucking stuff. Uh, he hits uh, the six one nine on Eddie with a ladder sort of in between Eddie and the ropes, um and then the springboard leg drop. So Eddie's quite uh, involved with that ladder for a while. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Guerrero hits Ray and sort of, he gets him in sort of an electric chip position on top of the ladder, which is very much the oh sort of moment you know what's going to happen here. Yeah, uh, Ray yeah, nicely yeah. slithers out of it um, and sort of hits a, a power bomb, uh, sort of sort of like a power bomb off the top. Very very nicely done again. Um, very nice as well. Yeah, nice. But Ray's always really good at that sort of you know. I know I know that's really style, but. Sleek it just slips out of Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's very good. So Ray then gets his hands on the briefcase. Um, Eddie kicks away the ladder, leaving Ray dangling there, and it leads to him dropping into a power bomb from Eddie, which was absolutely sickening. Mm. Uh, Chris, yes. Chris power bomb. <laughs> that was all. Oh, that was the, the, the noise when he hits that mat. <laughs> like, mm. It's just momentum as well. There's nothing I, I, I could have done about that. It's part of the spot. Um, Eddie then traps Ray under the ladder. Um, <laughs> And then gets his hands on the briefcase. So. Which it looked a bit shit because Ray's not tall enough to be. No, he could have slid out there. Yeah, he, he needs somebody with wider shoulders for that. You know, yeah, so he can sort of actually trap them yeah. in it. Um, so Eddie's up there, he gets his hands on the brief, briefcase, he's stalling a bit, you know, can't he unhook it. Uh, Ray then starts moving the ladder and Eddie just starts to get out of control. Um, eventually hanging. Ray gets the ladder out of the way and eventually just sort of hangs there from the, the briefcase. Um, Ray then decides to pull one of Eddie's legs to get him to come down. Ouch. And then rather than Eddie mm-hmm. taking a bump, he still tries to land on his other leg. I mean, that could have been the fucking psycho yeah. Sid spot there, you know. That, like, that, yeah, um, fucking hell. Ray luckily, it wasn't he? But um, where the fuck is Vicky? This was this moment. Um, if you've ever heard about yeah. that one in wrestling, uh, Vicky Guerrero, Mr. Q somewhat. Um, which makes you wonder, like, how is that even possible? Like, what is she? Surely she's watching this yeah. for Gorilla. She knows there's a spot coming up that she needs to be a part of. It's when I put surely... when I put Ray under the ladder and I start climbing, and you come running and into your spot. You know, like yeah. exactly. it didn't seem that fucking difficult. Yeah. Um, so, and I think uh, I think Eddie's pissed off because he's hot man. His leg must be. Yeah. In no, that's the thing. It nearly led to a, a bad fucking 
part of the match as well because yeah, the queue was yeah. missed. Um, they, they, they recovered well. See, see if um, it wasn't for him Eddie... having a tantrum, <laughs> you wouldn't have known yeah. that that wasn't supposed to happen, I don't you, think. You would, no, you wouldn't know any different. But um, fair enough, this is your kind of big money match, a SummerSlam. This is your storyline match. And she's fucked finish. Um, because she missed her cue, but fair play to Eddie, he grabs Ray into three amigos and he, that's his wrestle to have yeah. a chat with him, like incredible, absolutely incredible, calls an audible as he's smashing him with three suplexes, uh, third one lands on the ladder, both of them sell it uh, gives Vicky a wee bit more time to get her fucking fucked <laughs> <up to them. laughs> uh, um, they do just obviously redo the spot um, Eddie gets up onto the up on but again, uh, he's back to the ramp. And uh, this time, kind of, I think it worked kind of you a better this time, but really not under the ladder. Um, because yeah, you can see sort of the emotion in his face when she cut when like, she's pushed. So Vicky comes down and pushes Eddie off the ladder, the ladder, the, yeah, the ladder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, doing the right thing for Eddie rather than uh, letting him sort of destroy a family sort of thing. Um, and then she sort yeah. of holds Eddie back, stopping him from getting up the, up the ladder to stop Ray as well, which was just really, really good. Um, I mean, she was also jumping yeah, on his back and he was trying to get up and stuff like that. It was quite good. Yeah, she's really uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> She wasn't wearing the right shoes for it. Uh. <laughs> so. Uh-huh. Ray gets up there, wins the ladder, eh, wins the ladder, wins the match, and we get a sort of nice wee emotional moment at the end with him and his wife and, and Dominic and stuff like that. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's was good. It's it's probably one of my favourite uh, kind of matches involving Mysterio. Like, I think Eddie's above this kind of thing. Eddie's, you know, a, a lot better. But in terms of, like, if you if you point a gun at me and say which I favourite Mysterio match, I'd probably yeah. This uh, it's, it's certainly, and you know, this is a this is a really good good and bad SummerSlam. If you if you look to the rest of the card, can't speak today, mate. <laughs> it's got Randy Orton and Undertaker <laughs> on there. Um, it's got Hogan and Michaels on there. Uh, Hulk, uh, Michaels is obviously putting on a fantastic yeah. shift. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there's some good matches on there. I think and JBL is on there. Uh, Batista's on there. Some good matches on that on that card. So yeah, um, yeah. this had to be good. Definitely, yeah. they had they had, they had to pull the bag, and they absolutely did. Um, I I love this match. Um, you know, I, I think they were unlucky. You know, there wasn't much luck on the side. Ladders crumbling on their high spots. Vicky mm-hmm. missed her cue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you consider all that and the match is still great, you are playing, man. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, just 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 going back to obviously Ray dangling as well for the the briefcase when he wins it. Then he also drops down and takes a yeah, nasty bump off uh, it, yeah. on his knee. I think it's his knee or his he lands his leg or something like. No one knees are fucked. He sort of like spins around. He's trying to hang on up there and he just fucking yeah. loses grip mm-hmm. and balance. Um, yeah. So Eddie would go on after this to work Batista for the title at No Mercy, um, which would sadly be his last pay per view match. Um, it would transform back to babyface um, sort of throughout this feud. Um, so on the November 11th edition of SmackDown, um, he would have his final match, uh, which we've also had a wee look at as well. So it was Mr. Kennedy versus Eddie Guerrero um, on SmackDown. I think the winner got to go into the uh, Survivor Series Survivor SmackDown series team. team. Yeah. Um, Standard Kennedy intro, um, good to see him here. Um, What's your thoughts on Kennedy? Did you like I, I that, that kind of Kennedy? Kennedy yeah. I, I, I've always enjoyed him. Um, I, I never thought he was a tremendous worker, but in terms of the WWE style, he was he was certainly up there. Um, I, 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 I totally believe that he could have been a main event on WWE. Uh, I, wasn't a, I was never keen, to be honest. I, th- I thought his uh, entrance thing was annoying as fuck. Oh, it was a heel one. <laughs> I know, but there's been a heel and there's just been a fucking annoyance, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's a, a heat garner, it's just 
fucking stupid. Because I remember when we watched Mania 24 and they did that thing with Kim Kardashian and stuff like that. And I remember pissing myself for that. I think that was incredibly entertaining. Um, I don't know, man. I thought, I thought the tools were there for Kennedy. I really did. Um, mm. Aye. Uh, <laughs> a window into the past of uh, WWE steroid usage at the time. Holy fuck. Aye, size huge, him, man. Size geez. of Kennedy. Aye, I, know, I noticed that as well. I'm like, Christ, he's slow here, isn't he? Um, also, this was, this was a couple of years before Aye. the, the, the old... Um, List came out with his name on it. Um, <laughs> oh, the yeah, the pharmacist, the signature yeah. pharmacy thing. Eddie Eddie Guerrero back in the lowrider, um, sporting his "I'm Your Papi" t-shirt. Um, yeah. How popular is Eddie though, man? Like he was a bastard heel. What's this? This is November, so August SummerSlam. What's that? Like three, four months before it, he's an absolute yeah. bastard heel. Flips the uh, flips a coin. Here we go, man. Most popular guy in the uh, Two two months ago, trying to steal somebody's Wayne, and then. <laughs> so now yeah, he's back yeah. just being a fucking most popular guy in the company um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean this is I mean it's TV a throwaway match here so I think we can just kind of uh, we can just yeah. kind of glaze over this a, I, like, um, I liked when you know, Mr Kennedy offered the handshake and slapped Teddy so Eddie sort of does the, the old raise the hand for the test of strength and then breaks him in the eye I thought it was fucking excellent yeah, that, that, that gets yeah. me every time man he does stuff like that um, I like that uh, obviously this is Eddie's final match ever um, and we'll kind of get to that in a wee second but um, to end it the way it ended um, doing these kind of lie cheat steal things so obviously ref takes the Eddie does the kind of Irish whip <coughs> uh, reversal and throws Kennedy into the referee takes a yep. massive bump and then Eddie just this, uh, this looks, into, looks into the hard camera big grin in his face like yep you all know what's coming was... <laughs> rolls out gets a chair mm-hmm. well, how would it feel to be that over that you could just smile and people know what's yeah. what's coming. People, it's yeah. you know how many how many of the greats have said it. Less is more, you know. Yeah. And just to stand Definitely. there and smile and that big mischievous <laughs> grin. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. you know it's just it feels so right that this was the last match, and it just yeah. it was just a, a highlight of what Eddie Guerrero, what was great about Eddie Guerrero, you know. It absolutely summed them up. Yeah, I absolutely love to finish this match, man. It's 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 just standard Eddie, man. It's gold yeah. standard stuff. So he gets um, a steel chair, smacks it off the floor, throws it to Kennedy. <laughs> just as the referee sort of looks up, Kennedy's got the chair yeah. and Eddie's falling back, and he's heard the noise and disqualifies Mister Kennedy. Gives Eddie Guerrero the win. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Um, ah, just I just love this. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. We were. We were debating whether we should include this match or not, and I was very, very strongly in favour of it. I don't, I don't think you were as keen because obviously it was the last yeah. match, but this was the best match <laughs> that we watched uh, in this kind of a retrospective because it was fucking excellent. Um, it summed Eddie up so, so well, even in a even in a shitey wee throwaway TV match to go on as a Survivor Series team. Star. <laughs> listen, listen yeah. to the reaction he's getting, man. It's absolutely stellar. It's so loud. Good stuff. Um, just a note, uh, obviously Orton would be the one that eventually replaces Eddie uh, for Team SmackDown for the yeah, Survivor Series. I think he'd be like the sole survivor um, and stuff like that, wouldn't he, as well, after that? Bit of a kind of sad foreshadow in there that um, obviously when Orton was feuding with Mysterio over the belt, he brought up Eddie's death. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny how these things... There's that a few times, man, I'm, like... And... It's a tough one. Uh... Like I, I, I don't like that's that's cheapest of cheap heat. I just think it's it's just one of those kind of strange things that Orton was the guy to replace yeah. Eddie. 
um, on the team after he died, and then he's kind of working that a couple of years later. You know what I mean? It's just you know, what I mean, it's one of those things in wrestling. It's yeah. Just, um, yeah, it's, just, it's about it's, it's about. Of course, it was just a couple of days later. Um, Eddie passed away. Um, yeah. found unconscious by his nephew Chavo. The story of his death is quite sad, and I'm not going to really dive through that because. Um, but Chavo told it recently on the Benoit documentary as well. That's side of the ring. Um, the yeah, did. there's there's also a there's also a documentary on the network somewhere in the archives. Um, when Vicky tells us, so Vicky tells it from her mm-hmm. point of view. About the missed phone call during the night and stuff like that. Um, oh, that's a shame. So, yeah, we'll absolutely not gloss over it. Everybody knows yeah. the story. Um, um, you know, just you know, company Ron Smackdown did um, obviously dedicate shows to him that 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 week. Um, as the Ring of Honor and TNA did something similar. Not only was you know the WWE star, he was a wrestling star. You know, yeah, wrestling royally, if you like, um, mm-hmm. and you know. The wrestling world was mourning at that time, you know, it was sad and untimely and somebody who's so beloved and popular, like, it's, it's not, people like that don't come along very often, you know, no. he's a once in a lifetime, not just performer, but human being, you know, life body of the dressing room, a lot of people said, you know, one of the best technicians we've ever seen, I think, incredibly charismatic, an absolute sweetheart, he had it all there, um, and I had his demons and stuff like that, but who didn't back then, you know, and um, exactly. triple crown, grand slam champion, you know, Nobody's going to forget that title when it broke against Brock Lesnar. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And no one's going to forget that moment uh, at Mania when he's standing next to him. Uh, uh, he's he's fucking one of his best pals. It's just yeah. won the belt. As well. He's just you know he's high, his high rate, highlight reel is so vast, and and the episode we could have done yeah. would have done that any you know any uh, justice. Um, oh, this could be a fight yeah. harder. It's, it's I mean, I've tried to gloss through here in about an hour and a half. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but just an incredible star. Um, and so many people today are inspired by him, you know, and I think that's that's yeah. part of it as well, is, you know, so many people nowadays think back and think, Christ, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero was the reason that I loved wrestling so much because he was so enjoyable to watch and he was hilarious and just everything about him. He's the prime star in both of their favourite times in wrestling. Yeah, uh, I would say so, yeah. So it's it's no one can I gravitate towards someone. Uh, just to touch on the obviously the next week SmackDown Raw or the tribute shows probably the most tasteful thing that WWE have ever done. Yeah. Uh, so big kind of big props to them. Um, everybody's kind of reaction segments. People are just crumbling, man. Um, uh, stuff, uh, I, I believe this time Cena had the belt on Raw and he done he laid the T-shirt down, put the belt yeah. over that. You know what I mean? That's in a bit of a uh, Dave done the same thing on SmackDown, so um, good stuff. Um, I think um, Eddie, he's a wrestler that you know. See if you drop him in any kind of time period at all, he'd, he'd make a success out of it. Um, but perhaps with the exception of like, you know, I mean, the kind of Hogan era, the kind of Golden Generation. But you know, I mean, guys. Ah, the big guys was being a big guy was a necessity. It wasn't just. But I tell you, what, I bet you'd give it a right. Yeah, definitely. And, he would be in the top he'd be, five. He'd be there with your steam uh, boats, wouldn't he? Like, yeah, absolutely. You look at kind of today's landscape. You, you can't tell. You cannot convince him otherwise that Eddie wouldn't be the top draw in any company yeah. that he's in. It, it, it's just, it's just fact. Um, he's a t- absolute timeless entertainer. Uh, who unfortunately met his end far, far too soon. Uh, and I know that's a total cliche, but it's absolutely real. Uh, it's a damn shame, man. Uh, and it's he's one of the he's, one, he's one of the ones for me as well. Where you. You really, you really do wonder 
where he'd be at now? You know, yeah, would he be, yeah. you know, working uh, training guys coming through? Would he be out of the business entirely? Would he be doing commentary because he's so charismatic? Yeah. You know, like. Or they still be <laughs> fucking wrestling, eh? Or a lebato. Um, so I, I love looking this up. You know, Eddie's one of my favorites, and, and he has it for a lot of people. That's why he won the, the fucking poll. You know, like people love Eddie Guerrero, um, and understandably so. Of course, he went in the Hall of Fame in two thousand and six, um, and his name's going to be etched there forever. But especially in the, in the memory of a lot of people who ever watched him. You know, people always remember. I mean, mm-hmm. lapsed fans. You know, you've got people who used to watch wrestling back in WCW days, like, like, like you did, Stuart, and. People who watched it when I grew up um, and sort of fell away from it, they still talk about Eddie Guerrero, you know, in terms of like guys that they remember because he, he is memorable. So yeah. um, I think it's only fair that we're doing some, to do some justice here and, and, and doing some credit in this episode. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, you've certainly enjoyed the journey. Um, and I think we've decided who we're going to do our next one on, um, which I'm sure you're mega excited about. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so we will be. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. Go for it. <laughs> so, uh, probably our second most combined favourite wrestler of all time. Um, we'll be taking another journey through the the life and times of a certain Mr. William Steve Regal. Um, through his turbulent times in WCW, through his successful general manager days, the, the, the shining star in the darkest days of Raw, the, the probably one of the most underrated workers of all time. And one of the best promos of all time. That's right. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because he, you know, he's been a part of the sort of 2002, 2003 stuff that I've been doing recently, and he is hilarious. Um, but because he's so like entertaining, it's it's difficult to, rem- to remember how good a wrestler he is as well. So when he turns that on mm-hmm. as well, you're like, taste of me. <laughs> you know, he did have it all. Uh, I'm really looking forward to doing Regal's episode, and especially some of his WCW stuff because that's not something I've touched on. Um, yeah, and then leading right up to what he's doing just now, because obviously yeah. he's still about. He's still oh, games! Brilliant stuff. Uh, a, a gentleman and the original villain. Yeah, fantastic. And don't forget, he's a man. Um... <laughs> <laughs> a real man's man. <laughs> so, thanks very much for joining me on this episode, Stuart. And we're going to be back next week. I think we're doing Vengeance 2006 next week. Um, so, back into the pay-per-view reviews. Um, so, it'll be nice to get back into some wrestling. Um Looking forward to it. Brilliant. As always. Thanks very much. Viva la raza. <laughs> Viva la raza. I got that passion, it's lasting long, los mujeres, fall in love with that Latin charm, one woman isn't enough, amigo, siempre cogiendo más mujeres porque soy latino, and I'm tough and tough, part of your blood, cause I'm cheating.